All right. Um, last week, the marrieds were at the um, retreat. It was called You and Me Forever. And really the heart behind it is um, irrespective of our spouse and where they're at, and irrespective of how well they're doing and how well they're not doing, that it's still our own personal relationship with God. So many times we tie that into, well, she's not doing good or he's not doing good. And that's why, and really that whole trend is to say, look, no matter what happens, we are still uh, responsible uh, in our relationship with God. So we had a little bit of a fun time too. So let me show you pictures of the kings. Uh, Happy Easter, Westside Church. Easter? Sermon, all right. Joe, how are we doing there, Joe? I'm just kidding. Good. All right, there we go. All right, these. This is uh, um, Sonny and Cher with a twist. So I really appreciate the King. They got up there and uh, they did a rendition of uh, Sonny and Cher lip sync, and they did awesome. Uh, I think they came in second place. So there it is again, my man. And uh, they sang the song "I Got You, Babe." I want to lift them up because no one else wanted to do it except for them. They said, we're going to represent the West. So let's give them a hand. So it was either going to be them or us, me and Lena. So thank you so much, King. Super appreciate it. We want to have some credibility, right? All right, um, children's ministry. Uh, today, I told the guys to cut us short a little bit because if you notice, we got some kids in our midst today, right? Because we've been taking the... Um, uh, just volunteers for uh, the uh, special uh, for the uh, children's ministry, but we're short. Okay, I got to take some responsibility there. Okay, we were trying different ways of announcing it and not pushing it as much on the pulpit, uh, rather than just really have it online and really trusting that we're going to go and sign up. I got to take some responsibility because I feel like we di- I didn't do a good job in promoting it and letting you know some of the specifics. Okay, so. In the next week, I want us to really think about uh, registering and signing up for children's ministry. We need about 46 people. Right now, we have about 24. Okay, so we're at about half capacity. And I know it takes a lot. It's uh, it's a sacrifice uh, to be in children's ministry. You're not in the fellowship, and you're giving, and, you know, kids running around. I I know that. Okay, I appreciate that. It's a six-month rotation. And the way we design it is that it's alternating a week, so that you're not missing services uh, that much, okay? Half, you're missing half of it, and you're alternating, so you're not, like, gone two weeks without being in the service. So I think that's a really good system, okay? Some husbands and wives, they alternate, and they, they, they serve that way, so at least one person in the family is in the service, okay? Um, it's a six-month alternating week's you don't have to bring anything. You don't, the curriculum is written. You don't have to spend Saturday night, Friday night working it out. All the curriculum is taken care of already. Okay? So, um, so married, maybe you can alternate. Singles, super appreciate if you can get in there and, uh, uh, you know, serve in that capacity as well. And I know we have a lot uh, that's going on in our lives, but this is such a, a physical way, tangible way of helping the church. Please see Ben, Gary, Arlene, Matt, or Kim in the back after service, okay? How many of us can, can you think that we can, can do this? I mean, just raise your hand. It's not, you're not committed, but you're thinking about it throughout the service so that at the end you can go in the back and sign up. 
How many people can do this? Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We got seven. We need about 20 more people. So as, as, I, as I do the sermon, I'm supposed to be thinking about it and uh, think about just how we can really serve. Because if not, then we're going to have to close, like today, we're going to have to close some of the uh, children's uh, classes. Okay? Because it takes a lot to go through this. Um, so please be thinking about that. And if you are uh, wanting to do that, please go in the back, talk it over with your wives, your spouses, or your husbands, your roommates, whatever. Um, we really need help in that area. Okay? All right, so we will need to screen workers as soon as possible, uh, then assign class and rotation. Uh, we can partner with veteran workers, people that have uh, done so in the past, uh, and then schedule an orientation once majority is filled, or uh, we will go with who we have, meaning that we might have to cut... Uh, some uh, classes as well. All right, uh, special missions contribution. As Kendall said, it's going to be for the Middle East and Latin America. Now, in the next few weeks, I want to go through it a little bit more on where the money's going to as best as I can. Uh, you know, get some people up here to tell you, you know, some videos and stuff like that. If you're ready to give, you know, Lena and I saved up. We, we knew about this in advance. So we we um, portioned our funds ahead of time. But if you need some time, think through it, talk to me. Um, the collection is going to be all June, starting today, and the goal of it is 10 times contribution, okay? All right, first principles class, I thought we can just make it simple and call it making disciples. How novel, isn't it? Making disciples. So we're going to start on June the 17th, and basically it's going to be for the, uh, the marriage ministry and for the singles ministry. Um, the campus, you're going to be, because so many campus students are out of town, uh, what we're going to do is that we're going to have, when the Zentennials come in, they're going to take care of the, the campus with the first principal, so there won't be a redundancy. You're going to go through with us, and then you're going to go through with the Zentennials. So it'll be just the singles ministry and uh, the married uh, and uh, family ministry. Singles, I guess you guys are changing your name, right? Not sure yet? Singles, so that's why I put slash professional, I forgot the AL, uh, I did this in the morning, can you tell, a professional ministry, let me go ahead and move on, all right, <laughs> Lena and I have been for, here for nine months in the, in the West and we love it, we feel this way, that's me, I feel like Jesus is hugging me, I saw this online, I was, uh, you know, seven in the morning, I said, why not, this is good enough, um, I feel that way, I feel like, man, what a great um, ministry that we have. Um, I look at this ministry and I think, man, God has given us the best. The lines are really uh, in pleasant places, just like the psalm says. The demarcation lines that God has given us. Santa Monica, Malibu. I mean, we are, like Kendall said, we really are, are super, super blessed to live in America. The largest gated community in the world, literally. We are the biggest gated community in the world. Um, but especially so in the South Bay, West Side, okay? So I feel excited about where we're going. I feel excited about the vision that God has for our region that I feel like that God has given us perhaps in the future, you know, going into Silicon Beach, going into Malibu, going into these different areas. We have two of the premier campuses in terms of a four-year college in all of the United States, 
UCLA is ranked second in, I think second, right? Or in the top five public schools in America. UCLA, top five, according to U.S. News and World Report. Pepperdine is ranked the 70, uh, 75th best university in all of the U.S. within the top 100. Not bad, don't you think? So God's really blessed us with some great fields, okay? So I feel that way. Thank you, Jesus, for the hug. Sometimes, though, I feel this way, too. A little bit like Jerry Springer. In the last nine months, some stuff that, some stuff that we've been dealing with and uh, have worked through a little bit. Maury Povich, very Jerry Springer. Um, yeah, he's got shoe-thrown hillbillies. Um, and there's another one. Uh, he's going after each other. Uh, feel this way a little bit. And feel this way a little bit, too. Feel a little bit like Captain Kirk wrestling with this. Remember this episode? I'm dating myself. Um, so I feel God's really blessed us. God's given us some great things, great vision. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like we got some things to work through in our fellowship. And um, I want to look to some scriptures on what God's vision is for the church and the spirit that he wants us to have. Okay, right now we've been, we're about 300 members um, on the west side. That's a lot of people. We have about 400 people at service uh, on Sunday. And I feel like we've come off a period where there's been a lot of drama. There's been a lot of trauma as well. And we're coming off the mountain, and where do we go from here? And wherever we go, wherever that vision may be, it's got to start with a base, a foundation that God lays, okay? In Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 1, this is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? God says what? He says, listen, I own the whole universe and the earth is but a mere footstool but I love this place, and I need a place to rest in, my church, my family. And he says what? He says, where is my house that you're going to build for me? What are you going to build for me that I'm going to call home here on earth? And what does that house look like? Okay? What is it going to be filled up with? The outside, what is it going to look like? And what's going to be on the inside? What kind of spirit will it be on the inside? You can have a nice house outside, but if there's like a lot of fighting, Jerry Springer stuff, you know, that's, that's not good neither. He says, has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. These are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirits and who tremble at my word. What does God say? He says, this is the kind of house that I want. Okay? This is the spirit that I want in my house that I'm going to rest my spirit in as well. That people have these attributes in, in, in the church. This is a really great discussion for us because we come from different backgrounds. We have different experiences and we live in a modern 
time where, you know, we get to express things that we've really hardly uh, had a chance to express in, throughout the history of mankind. With the advent of the Internet, with the advent of social media, we express stuff. Like, you know, I love reading some of the threads, don't you? Some of the posting and stuff like that, all these people, their opinion, that opinion. And, you know, very, it seems to me that a lot of people are incredibly um, brave behind a keyboard. Okay? Behind a keyboard. And we're expressing all these things, which is great. I think we, we live in that era where there is freedom of expression, but this is what God looks for. Not just our opinions, but those who are humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at his word. The Bible has got to be our standard. You know, while the Marys were gone last week, we did a lesson last week on the king, what God wants the king to look like. He says, listen, you, I want to give you a king, but it's got to be on my terms. And what's the term? That the king needs to be well-versed in the Bible. Okay? That's number one. And number two, and several other things, he says that he can't consider himself better than his brother. So there's got to be a lot of humility there as well. Okay? So this is the standard that God says. He says, my house, my rules, you've got to be humble, you've got to be contrite, and you've got to live by my words. Okay, that's the standard. Guys, we come to church, we get together, and we invest in, in, in you know, our contribution. We give our time. Some of the guys, they come here at 7 in the morning, you know, unpack all this stuff, you know, unpack it when, when we go away. We invest a lot. I want to expect some returns as well. I don't want us to do these things in vain. I don't want to just come together and there's no power. Two weeks ago, that's what we talked about, power in the church. But the church needs to be powerful. It needs to propel things forward. The title of our lesson today is this extravagant spirits. You know, you compare this to, you know, that, those few slides. And, you know, I know I'm joking around with the Jerry Springer show. That's, not in, that's improper for God's holy people. That's not us. That's made for television TV, you know, people cheering and yelling and, you know, they, 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 they excite each other to bring the worst out of each other. And people love to watch those things because they have nothing else to do. That's what I realized, uh, you know, on, on television, right? Uh, during the daytime, it's like these reality TV. And, and another thing on, on, on uh, you know, during the daytime TV is get a job. You ever notice that? There's a lot of commercials about Get a job, you know, where it's like 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock. It's get a beer. You know, it's like it's, they, they target different people. Okay? Those shows are targeting people that are not moving. People that are just like, hey, look, I, I'm bored out of my mind. Let me watch something. That's not who we are. I thought in contrast to that, the title today is that we need to have really the extravagant spirits that God wants us to have. You know, do people see us, not just at church, but outside? Do we have that extravagant spirit? What does the word extravagant mean? Overflowing, even to a point where it's wasteful. Over to a point where we're, we're generous, we're giving, we're quick to give, we're quick to volunteer, we're quick to say, hey, here am I, send me. Let me go, let me, uh, it's, I've been a little bit amazed 
and how long that's been taking us to, to get the volunteers for um, children's ministry. And I wonder why. It is a sacrifice. But perhaps we're not getting a good perspective of it. You know, we have a chance to really spend time with our kids, serve someone else's kids while they worship, serve one another's kids, influence the kids, raise them up. I'm a little bit surprised that it's taken this long uh, to volunteer. And I want us to really check ourselves. Do we have the extravagant spirits that we need to have, that God calls us to have? Right? We, don't we want this, though? I mean, this is what we want, don't we? To exhibit the spirit of Christ, exhibit the spirit of generosity and extravagance? You know, we build monuments for people that are extravagant. We build monuments for people that give a... You know, we name buildings off people. We don't name buildings for people that are selfish. We don't build monuments to people that are holding back. And we, It's the opposite. All right, so I know we got a lot of stuff going on in our lives. Summer's coming up. I know we got travel plans. You know, I appreciate Elizabeth. You know, she just got an internship. She wants to travel during the summer. Uh... But, you know, you can switch places. Like, if you're going two weeks and maybe you're missing that week, you can say, hey, bro, listen, I'm going to be missing for two weeks. Can you take my spots? There's always ways to serve. Amen? Extravagant spirits. Nobility. Just hearts that are just, ah, just bubbly, ah, out of your mind. He who refreshes the hearts of others, he himself will be refreshed. That's a principle. I really think that sometimes we have a lot of, of, of issues in our minds because I think we fail to really see that. Love must be sincere. It is more blessed to give than receive. I think those are really great scriptures to think about in terms of mental health, that it is better to give than to receive. I don't know about you. Uh, when I think a lot about myself, I get discouraged. I do. I'm too short. I, I've thought about this. I said, man, if I was only like three inches taller, that would be scary. I'm just kidding. You know, if, I was, if my nose are a little bit, I looked at myself, you know, the cement, symmetry, all kinds of crazy stuff. And get, guess what? It doesn't get better when you get old. It just doesn't. Where there is no vision, people perish. Okay? People have often used this Scripture by mistake. What do I mean by that? In Proverbs 29 and verse 18, people use this and go, we got to have a great vision, a grand vision for what we can do, and let's shoot for that. And people use this in a corporate world, and, you know, people that are passionate and, and visionaries and all that stuff, and, you know, we got to grant it. Those things we need. We need to have vision. We need to see beyond ourselves. But that's not what the Scripture means in this context. Okay? And it's been misquoted quite a bit. We need vision. But that's not what it's talking about. What it is talking about is a discipline in God's church. Just like in, in, in Isaiah chapter 66. That we need to tremble at God's word. What it is saying is that where there is no vision, where there is no biblical, prophetic Vision, when people are not driving the scriptures and really ho helping each other hold on to the scriptures, the people perish. 
when there is no adherence to God's word, when everyone is just kind of having their own vision, people die. That's what it's in context. That's what it's really talking about. Let me show you. He says another version, the uh, Holman Bible, says that without revelation, people run wild. There's no unity. There's no cohesion. Everybody's doing their own thing. Where there's no revelation. There's nothing that binds them together. And all these ideas and all these, you know, thoughts and philosophy and stuff like that drives them actually through other channels. And it doesn't unify them. It actually disunifies them. Where there's no revelation, people run wild. But one who listens to instruction will be happy. Same verse. A and B. Where there's no revelation, people run wild. But when people, when we listen to God's instruction, then we will be happy. What's the key? It's the same thing. It's really holding on to God's standard that's going to keep us unified and focused. You know, what causes fights and quarrel among you don't they come from your desires that, would, that battle within you? You desire but do not have. So you kill, you covet, but you cannot, you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when we ask God, we do not receive because we ask with wrong motives that we may spend what we have on our own pleasures. You know, we have 400 people in this room. We have 400 different opinions. We have 400 different catered, specified, tailored needs that we, we have. But we're not individuals. We are a community together. Okay? That's why we need, that's why the Bible talks about being humble. Submitting to one another. And having a contrite spirit about who we are, taking responsibility for what we've done. Point number one, we have four spirits that I want to talk about. The first one is obvious. It says we need to have a humble spirit. Okay. What does humility look like? You know, when we were in Asia, humility looks fake to me. Okay? There's a lot of outside humility. We're, we specialize in the bows and the handshakes and the two-arm handshakes. You know, in, in Thailand, uh, this is called a Y, and it depends on who you meet. If they're more senior than you, your Y is like way up here. If they're like nobodies, you're like, hey, dude. <laughs> it's like way down here. <laughs> you know, and it's like, <laughs> you know, there's people that you don't care about, you don't even want. So it's, out, it's all outwards, Right? And they were taught that since they were little. You get all the outside stuff. But true humility is inside. It's inside here. What do we really think about? How do we really feel? Do we consider things? That's true humility. Growth is true humility. You know the danger in going to church? Can I tell you this? The danger in going to church is going to church. It is. Because what happens is that we come to church and we hear all those messages, these messages, and we hear God's word. And if we don't apply them to our lives, it just rolls off. It's kind of like, like anybody's. Right? I'm not a doctor. 
Okay, but I do know what it means to, to be careful in the doses, the doses that you take for antibodies. Good doctors won't give you a whole lot because they're afraid that if you take it, your immune, your immune system is going to get all out of whack. They give you just enough. See, the danger of being us is that we're around scriptures a lot. But if we don't really apply them to our lives and contrite and tremble at God's word, it actually does the opposite effect. It makes us, uh, it makes us a little bit religious, and it makes us kind of scary. Whoever remains stiff-necked, this is from uh, Proverbs 29, the passage that we're looking at. Whoever remains stiff-necked uh, after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. Okay. This is the uh, message version. It says, for people who hate discipline and only get more stubborn, there'll come a day when life tumbles in and they break. But by then, it will be too late to help them. Okay. Eugene Peterson, his, his version says that, man, it's, if we're not listening, if we're not growing at the little things, if we're not watching out for little, little things, the big things come and we're not going to have the capacity to deal with it. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like we're watching baseball and we're like, we've, we've never practiced and you know, we get a chance to go up and face the best hitter, best pitcher in the world. There's, there is absolutely no way that we can face that guy. There's preparation behind the encounter. There's preparation behind it. And that's what Proverbs 29 talks about. It's, it's the little things that we do. It's the little things. It's allowing people into our lives. It's, it's asking people. I've known people in our group, we don't want to go to meetings because it's not conducted in the way that we want to. Well, I understand. I understand that. But man, we're talking about like all of us. There's like a multitude of needs. It might not be good for you that day, but it might be good for that person that day. The message might not be, well, it's not your taste, you know. Well, it's not for your taste, but it might be it might meet someone else's needs. I think we've got to get a lot more humble. And you know what? Even if it's the sermon is bad, this is the kind of heart that God blesses. That was great scriptures. That was great scripture. I mean, that, that scripture was awesome. The way he read it was really good. I mean, the way he was pacing on it was really good. You know, I mean, th- that's what it means to have a good heart. It really is. I've been in the kingdom for 26 years. I've heard a lot of great sermons. And I'll be honest with you, some of the best sermons I've, I've heard were people that really are not professional speakers. They get up and they share something about their lives and they say something that is so innocuous to, you know, to them, they're like, hey, I'm just, I'm just a young Christian, whatever. And you go, oh my gosh, that totally convicts me. It's the condition of the heart. Guys, don't get old. Don't get old. I mean, we get old physically, but don't get old, like, stuck and stubborn. Let me go back to that scripture. Stiff neck. I mean, I don't even know what that means. Like, what does that mean, stiff neck? I guess it's not good, right? 
I guess, I, guess, you know, I guess what it is is that you can't turn and look at another position. I guess you can't turn and look at another angle or another vantage point. I guess that's what it means. Don't be stiff neck. You know, pride brings a person low, but the lowly spirit gains honor. Look at ourselves first. You know, in a relationship, say, man, I, I got this issue. Go home. You know, before you go to bed, think about it. Go, you know, what, what could I have done better in this relationship? Not just the other person. You know, I love this movie. It's called, it's, uh, you guys like Gladiator? It's one of my favorite lines in all the movies. They're going to go to fight. They're going to they're gonna go fight the, uh, against the uh, Germania, the beginning of the movie. They sent an emissary out on his horse to see if they want peace. Came back, and uh, they didn't want peace. The guy's head was cut off, I guess. Ooh, that's not good. It's not a good sign. So Quintus was the, the general um, with Maximus, and they, they were talking to each other, and Quintus said this. He says, you know, people should know when they are conquered. These, these, this tribe was going to go up against the greatest army in the history of mankind up to that point, pretty much. And Quintus says, you know, people should know when they're conquered. You know what that means? That means that we should know when we're conquered. We, we should really have a, a good understanding of who we are. We should really understand our place and our, our, the love that God has for us and the grace that has been shown to us and the mercy that's been shown to us, and submit to God. Point number two, we need to have a considerate spirit. Considerate. In, in Proverbs it says this, it says, the righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. The righteous care, they think about the needs of the poor. They care about justice in the poor. In their mind they're thinking about these things. It's not just our lives. It's not just our world. But they're thinking about something bigger, something more grander. You know, last night we were at the uh, high school celebration and I was thinking about those college, uh, those kids heading off to college. Man, I, I, there was a little bit of an envy in my own heart. I was like, man, these guys are young, 17, 18, their whole lives are ahead of them. They're going off to college. Man, they can do anything that they want. The righteous care about justice for the poor. Our minds are consumed. We're thinking about, you know, what's really important. How do we add value uh, to this world? What kind of difference can we make uh, in this world? Extravagant spirits. Instead of getting caught up in our own, just, to, just the, the, the gravity of our own problems. We're, we're breaking free from that. Point number three. We need to have a fearful spirit. Okay, the Bible says what? It says that we need to have tremble before the word of God. I want to ask us today, I want to ask us today a really good question. In the last two months, we've, we've kind of been on our own a little bit in our, in our groups, right? Have we gone deeper in our understanding of God's word? Have we gone deeper, dig deeper 
into God's Word. I had a situation last week where two people were fighting, and it was a bad fight. Awful. Really, really bad. We followed up the next day. We got in there, you know, stopped all the schedule, got in there, sat down with that person, those two people, and then the next day, you know, had a long talk, changed all the schedule, met them, sat down. Next day, did some follow-up, you know, asked one of the persons, says, okay, did you go over the scriptures that we looked at yesterday? No. Did you go over any scripture at all today? No. Can we come over and pray with you today? No. There's not much else we can do. There's not much else we can do. We are a people of God. If that's not going to help us, nothing else is going to help us. There's got to be a fearful spirit in terms of God's word. Amen? It's like, man, this is what God says. He holds the, the key. I mean, he's the alpha and the omega. and You know, he's the one that we need to be fearful of and consider to have that kind of fearful spirit towards God. It says, discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the lights you desire. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Verse 18, verse 19 here. Servants cannot be corrected by mere words. Though they understand, they will not respond. In these next few weeks, and months, we're going to start a process of building and structuring our church. And everybody, I appreciate, you know, the teens and the campus, their relationship with one another. I appreciate Nina getting together with the singles this morning and really trying to figure out what are some good relationships that we need to get into to hold each other accountable to spur one another on. I appreciate some of the talks that we've been having in the last few months in terms of really setting people down and having a good talks together, uh, talking with Bible talk, talking with uh, family group leaders of issues that perhaps that had arisen in the past, but that have un- gone, you know, lack of a better word, unchecked or just left alone. We're not going to do that anymore. We're going to turn over every rock. We're going to go back and really talk to people. How do you really feel about the contribution? How do you feel about coming to church for the last two years and not giving a contribution? Really? Yes. How do you feel about not getting together with people to to really talk through things? You know, we're going to really make sure that in love, in gentleness, but uh, in in, in truth. Because this church, it's got to, you know, the Bible says what? It says the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing, right? And forceful men lay hold of it. It's not, it's not, it's not static. It's not this, this place that, it's not going to explode on its own. What I sense from that scripture is that it takes work, it takes digging. It takes a lot of really getting into each other's lives. And I want to find really just, you know, uh, a way that we can do things in terms of our raising up more leaders. We need more leaders. 
in the church. We need more leaders. We, we, need, we need people that can actually lead and want to lead and call out people and spur them on. Facilitators, we got a lot. Okay, we have a lot of facilitators. It's, it's, it's easy, you know, in some ways. You know, not to take a stand on things. I remember when we were in Manila. Everybody wanted to do hope, and there's nothing wrong with hope, okay? We need to do hope. Okay, what do I mean by that? Everybody want to, you know, do the things that, that are tangible right there, but it takes extra a little bit, a little bit extra on a spiritual level to dig, to get in there, to say things that are uncomfortable, to, to love God enough to call people back to God and say, you know what, Matthew 18 all the little minutiae of Matthew 18, this person, that person. But if you look at the end of it, you know what that means, Matthew 18? It's unwillingness to let things go. That's what Matthew 18 is. It's driving things through, finishing things up. How are you feeling? I'm just kidding. It's church stuff. This is church. This is church. This is, this is family, amen? Every once in a while, I know maybe you feel like the last few times, you know what? I know, and I, 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 no, I'm not apologizing for it, and I know it feels a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm just telling you, this is where we're going. This is where we're going. We all gave up our lives, okay? My mother-in-law thinks I'm dirt, okay? And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going through that to play church. Okay, I, I gave up a lot. You know, and I'm not saying that in comparison it's nothing, I know. But for me, it's a lot. And I got a vision when I became a Christian of what Jesus said, what the kingdom should be like. And we're, we're straying from it. We're going to go back. Okay? And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do it together. Trusting spirit as we close on out. People will fail. If you put your trust in human beings, the Bible says that it's cursed. Cursed is the man. I mean, it's just, it's just, you're going to be so disappointed. You're going to be like, oh my gosh. You know, I thought this, he's not the man that I thought he was. He's not the husband that I thought he was. Okay? Trusting spirit. And who do we trust? Look what it says. Many seek an audience with a ruler. But it is from the Lord that one gets justice. I want to talk to this guy because he has the power. He does not have any power. I want to talk to that woman because she's influential. They don't. It's God. We work so hard to get an audience with the ruler, but the Bible actually says that we get justice from God. Isn't that cool? And God is perfect. He will not let us down. He will not let us down. He will give us exactly what we need. Maybe not in this lifetime, but for sure, He will give us what we need. Amen? I'm so excited. I feel better. How about you? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Thanks so much, guys. I, I really know that God's got great plans for us. Let's think about these scriptures. Let's go back there and sign up for Kids Kingdom.
So Gabby can go back next week. Love you guys. Amen.